Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. Uh, today, I wanted to get into fantasy football, do kind of a season preview, who I think is uh, going to be, you know, home run hits, kind of give my advice on um, how you should approach your draft if you're in like a work league or um, you have one with your friends or you're just joining for the first time. Um, and then I also wanted to go over some uh, NFL futures bets uh, for some season props for MVP and uh super bowl and stuff like that and um yeah i just wanted to cover the ones that have uh, a potential for a big return if you put a good amount of money down right now um and then want to get into some mlb bets as well um so let's start off with uh the fantasy football portion so nfl preseason has started already and you know i, I don't watch preseason or uh let's see summer league summer league basketball any of the if the game is useless doesn't mean anything and i know that people aren't really going to try that much then i I don't watch it um i watch some all-star games depending if um i don't know if there's nothing else to watch then i'll watch an all-star game but most of the time i just watch the games that matter regular season and then also you know playoffs obviously Uh, so i haven't seen any of the the nfl rookies or anything that everyone's been talking about um, but yeah, so as far as fantasy football wise goes, you know, if you're in a PPR league, which you should be in, you know, point per reception. So you, you also get points for every time a player, uh, makes a reception and, you know, most of these you get, it's like 13 players for each team. Um, and then some people do auction drafts, and then some just do regular snake drafts, and then they do an auction off of the waiver wire. Um, so the obvious ones, you know, my my complete strategy, I guess, you know, you can you can either go like running back heavy, um, which some people do. Some people go wide receiver heavy, um, and then other other people they get they just try to draft the best player available at every time all right each round so these are the people who reach for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes uh you know there's always a guy who will draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round or the second round and then once the first quarterback starts going then the other quarterbacks are going to get go off the board but if you uh were listening to my podcast last year I did a similar episode and, you know, my whole thing with quarterbacks is uh, there's 32 teams and there's 32 starting quarterbacks who are going to get all the snaps and stuff. And um, just think, you know, if you're in I, – I haven't seen anyone like in a 15-team league, but most of the time people are in 10 to 12 range, maybe 14 um and but the ones with 14 you're gonna have really bad teams and then like really good teams just depending on how you draft because that seems like too many teams to try to draft quality teams all the way through um so i think 12 is an ideal number if you have eight teams everyone's gonna have a super team it's gonna be really stacked and competitive if you have 10 it'll be it'll be that's probably a better number than 12 um so with 12 you know you have 32 starting quarterbacks and just think the top half. So you have 15 to choose from. Everyone's going to get a quarterback. 
So I don't think you need to reach for a quarterback. Like, you don't need to take Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Whoever in your league does that, like, just let them do that. You know, not a big deal. You have other quarterbacks you can take later, and you can focus on more important uh, positions like running backs, wide receivers, um, tight ends. Those are th- That's where it's at right there. That's where you need to put your focus at. Um, unless, you know, there's someone in my league who – They'll draft like three quarterbacks, sometimes four quarterbacks, because some of us put more uh, emphasis on other positions. So when we have, we only have one quarterback, maybe two for backup purposes. But then one gets injured, and then he wants to trade you that starting level quarterback to you if you if yours goes down. So make sure you pick a durable one if you're only going to stick with one quarterback. Um, so. You know, later in the rounds, you can get, like, Patrick Mahomes is going to go pretty quickly. Josh Allen's going to go pretty quickly. Aaron Rodgers, maybe Russell Wilson. He could probably fall fourth, fifth round. Um, but these are guys you should target later in the draft. Um, you could get a Derek Carr. His numbers have been good. I know he's not, a he's not like, you know, flashy or anything, but he's consistent. He could get you... 22 24 fantasy points each game which is good uh matthew stafford you know i've taken him a lot in the past uh on my fantasy teams when he was with detroit he's one of the best uh fantasy quarterbacks as far as scoring because they they throw the ball a lot and you know he can air it out he has he always throws for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns his his issue is that he does get injured sometimes but when he's on he's on and now he's with the new team with the rams and uh, Sean McVay has already said that they're going to air it out, so I think he's going to have a big year. Um, I'll get into that later when we get we talk about um, the uh, NFL futures bets. But Matthew Stafford, you could probably get him late in the draft, like maybe sixth, seventh round, because uh, other people are going to, you know, other people in your league are going to get that those top ten quarterbacks. Um, but I think he's going to be a top five quarterback this year, maybe top three, Matthew Stafford. Um, so look for that. You know, he'll have. A, I don't know if the Rams will, will win a Super Bowl or anything, but Stafford will have a great uh, statistical season and uh, fantasy year as well. Um, I have the rankings here. For some reason, Jalen Hurts is number eleven, and then Matthew Stafford is ranked twelfth. Um, so I, I disagree with that. Uh, another quarterback you could target later. Um, I'd rather have Stafford, but you could also have Ryan Tannehill. He, you know, as I mentioned on my last podcast, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of doubt that he kind of, he kind of proved a lot of people wrong, a lot of doubters, because when he was in Miami, they kind of struggled with Adam Gase and stuff, and then he went to Tennessee to basically revive his career. He's been really good for them, actually. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. He can move with his legs when he needs to, and, um, you know, the way that the offense is set up, he just has to make the right throw, and most of the time it'll be a touchdown. You know, he does throw for, for a good amount of touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball a lot over, you know. So, you know, and he they just added Julio Jones. They got A.J. Brown, and then they have that running game, too, that he could rely on with uh, with Derrick Henry. So Tannehill, he's a, he's a quarterback that you should target late in the draft. And Jimmy Garoppolo is ranked 36. And he is behind uh, Trey Lance, who's ranked 23rd. So they must think, people must think that Trey Lance is going to get more playing time than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is still a good bet. 
to be the starting quarterback and still to produce at a high level. You know, they have all their their players coming back, and I think they're going to be good. And I think Jimmy G is going to play well in the beginning, unless he gets injured. But um, if you're desperate, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you can get him. You can probably get him in the 10th round, honestly, because I think a lot of people are overlooking him and they expect Trey Lance to eventually take over. But if you're in a pinch and you need a, a few good games there, um, I think you should take uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't take any of the New Orleans quarterbacks, Taysom Hill or Jameis, because we don't really know what that's going to look like, especially without Michael Thomas for a few weeks. And they don't really have any um, any wideouts, any other uh, wide receivers. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to have a big year, though. I'll get into that in a bit. Um, another one, if you if you grab Carson Wentz in in midway point of the draft, make sure you get a a, a steady backup quarterback. Like I'd be fine if if someone was able to get Carson Wentz and Derek Carr. You know they have a separate. Let me see what their bye weeks are. Uh, Derek Carr's bye week is eight, and then uh, Carson Wentz is fourteen. So yeah, that that'd be a good uh, a good duo right there. Um, and then let's see if you want to go with a rookie quarterback too. You know you have Trevor Lawrence there, even though apparently he was a little shaky in his um, in his preseason games. Justin Fields has been playing well. Um, I didn't think he was going to start though. Um, they said it was going to be Andy Dalton, but I guess if Fields is looking really good in, in preseason, then they might just play him. So um, I I normally don't like to start, you know, have a fantasy league with um, or a fantasy team with a rookie quarterback just because they're still trying to learn and develop and stuff. And most of their plays, you know, I guess it depends, you know, because Joe Burrow was out there. He was airing it out and stuff and – they might take Trevor Lawrence a little slower, um, but you know most of the time these quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, are just throwing slants or checkdowns or bubble screens, stuff like that. So they're not really airing it out. Um, so I would want a veteran who's been in a in a familiar system for a few years, or is new to a team where he already knows a coach, Carson Wentz. Um, if there's like you know they're they're comfortable and then you, there's a, a track record of success there uh, with that team, so um, you could look at a Tom Brady. Um, I think Justin Herbert's gonna have a big year too. He might go. He might actually not go that early either. He you could probably get him in the fourth, fifth round maybe, uh, which is still for me is kind of high to get a a quarterback. But uh, those are the quarterbacks I would target. Um, and then as far as, let's see what's next, tight ends. So we could get into tight ends here. Um, so the tight end position is very top heavy. There's like, there's three tight ends that you can't go wrong with. They're going to get a lot of targets, a lot of receptions, yards and touchdowns. They're high producers and it's basically getting a wide receiver there. Um, so the tight end position is very crucial, uh, to your team's success. My opinion on how to draft a tight end has changed over the years. Uh, in the past, I usually did it. Um, I would draft like a kind of up and coming tight end who I thought was going to have a big year. Like I drafted Zach Ertz like in the eighth round one year, and that was his first year of uh, over a thousand yards. I think that was like his, his 30 or something. 
Um, so that's usually what I do, but lately it's been hard to find consistency in the tight end position unless you get Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey from uh, Kansas City, Darren Waller of the Raiders, and then George Kittle, the 49ers. Those are like the just the best right there, the top three. I think, what was it last year, a couple years ago, uh, Kittle and Kelsey had broke a couple records there for the tight end position. Um, Kelsey's going to be great because he's in the Kansas City offense, gets a lot of targets there um, from Patrick Mahomes. And then uh, Waller and Kittle, they get a lot of targets as well. So with that said, those three tight ends, since it's very top-heavy at this position, I have no problem with people, you know, going, reaching for a tight end in the third round. You know, if, if people start getting Kelsey or, or Kittle in the third round, that's fine. Uh, first two rounds, I think um, that's your focus should be two high-end running backs, uh, which I'll get into Um here in a bit and then um other tight ends to target you know ranked fourth is uh mark andrews from baltimore now lamar jackson they're, they're trying to make him more of a pocket passer there with the ravens um so he does a lot of they do a lot of plays to the tight end position they don't have a lot of depth at the wide receiver position they have uh marquise brown and then they just drafted rashad bateman from Maryland, and he's out for a few weeks. He had surgery, um, so I think Mark Andrews is still going to get a lot of the a lot of the um, the targets there. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson from Detroit. He's I think this is his second year from Iowa. Um, I wouldn't take him just because maybe as a backup tight end if you get one of these other uh, top tier tight ends because you have new head coach, new system, uh, new quarterback. Uh, he's a second year player out of Iowa or maybe third year player. He's a, he's a young player. Um, so still trying to adjust. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of question marks there with Detroit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him high or as my first tight end, just cause there's a lot of risk there. Um, I'd rather take actually the next tight end here, Kyle Pitts, just because, you know, with the departure of Julio Jones there for Atlanta and, you know, the offense there for the Falcons is going to be good, and uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, I think Matt Ryan's going to look for him because uh, Calvin Ridley is going to need some help as well. Um, and, you know, because they they don't really have a running game either. Um, so I think Kyle Pitts is going to have a big year, actually. Um, and then if you want to look deeper, you know, you're kind of in the later rounds. You haven't drafted a, a tight end yet. Uh, you can look at Hunter Henry. He's with the Patriots. He is already injured, though. I haven't seen the severity of it yet. He does get uh, a lot of injuries. He's very injury-prone. He's missed, I think last year he missed uh, most of the year, if not the entire year. I think he had, he was out for like week one or week two, and then he came back late in the year and just wasn't the same. Um, so that one's pretty risky. You could get Evan Ingram. Uh, from the Giants, he gets, you know, the Giants have a, a, you know, they have good players offensively. They just need to get everything clicking. You know, they got Saquon back this year, um, you know, Sterling Shepard, um, and uh, what's the other guy's name? They have another receiver there that I like. Um, and then Evan Ingram, uh, you know, he, he just drops the ball a lot, but he does get open. He's a big target there for the Giants. And, you know, I think I had him in fantasy either last year or the year before, but, 
you know, he has his moments, you know, he'll have, he'll have a two touchdown game, but then he'll have a, a game where he only has five points. So, you know, that one's kind of risky, but um, that's something you could take there. Um, I wouldn't take any of the Philadelphia tight ends. I don't know about Jalen Hurts, as I've said in the past. And then they were going to trade Zach Ertz, but they didn't, so they decided to keep him. And then you have Dallas Goddard, who kind of took over uh, Zach Ertz's position. Like, he's a starting tight end now. But now we need to see if they do if they do a double tight end set there, like all the time, then I don't have a problem taking either one of these guys. But if they're just running single tight end formation, then I, I guess you, you could take Goddard. But uh, Zach Ertz has a history there. It's just really awkward because, like, they're trying to get rid of Zach Ertz because, you know, they found his replacement. He's I think he's younger and, you know, he seems to be a better fit with the team right now with the direction that they're going. But then... Like, Zach Ertz is still there, and he still has all his history there and put up all these numbers in the past few years, not last year. but um, So it's just a – it's kind of a weird situation. But, um, but yeah, you could take flyer on them, and um, depending on what kind of offense they run, you know, you, you could um, – Goddard was good in um, – he had some big games last year. Um, and then Jared Cook, he's with the Chargers – Jared Cook is like 87 years old. He's been in the league for so long. I think he was most recently with the Saints, and he was good. You know, some games he'd have like he'd have a deep, uh, deep reception. You know, get like 40 yards and a touchdown. You know, give me double digits point, double, double digits and points right there, just easy like that off of one play. Um, and then there's other games where he'd have a couple of drops in the end zone. My issue, though, when he was with the Saints was that he didn't get a lot of targets or as many as I thought he should have got. He got like three targets sometimes a game, uh, but he made the most out of those, and uh, he was my starting tight end for a long time. I think he he missed a couple games, and I forgot who I picked up. I think I also had Tyler Higby. Um, but yeah, Jared Cook, you know, if you don't have a tight end late in the draft, you can take him. And then I mentioned Tyler Higby. I think he's going to have a big year too. Um, everyone offensively for the Rams is going to have a big year. Um, cause you know, Sean McVay has already said they're going to air it out. Uh, and Stafford is just, he's going to have 4,500 yards, you know, probably 30, 35 touchdowns. Big year, I think, I think so. Um, so yeah, anybody, any tight end or receiver, with the with the the chart or not the charge with the Rams just draft them all right and then running backs so if you're if you need a running back which the running back should be your first pick in the draft everyone in the first round should just take all running backs because they get the the way that the the points are set up you know they get a lot of carries and you know if you're getting a running back who averages 90 100 yards a game, you know, they get 20, 25 carries, you know, they get a lot of touches, you know, and they're, they're, you know, when the, um, when they have the lead, they're still running the ball, you know, and then they're also good out of the backfield too. If you get a, a running back who can also catch, that is very valuable, especially with, uh, fantasy football and specifically with PPR leagues, you know, cause you get half point or a single point, for a reception and then they're running back and also getting those carries they're you know they could have 25 30 points 
you know, almost each game. You know, that was when Christian McCaffrey was at his peak a couple of years ago uh, when he was like the fantasy football MVP. He had he was scoring like 30 points, 28 points. He had 40 points, one fantasy game. Like this was weekly. He was just unstoppable. And he helped me win my league at least, you know, and that year. And then he got injured last year. Um, so, you know, he's back now this year, McCaffrey. So he he could be the number one pick. I think Saquon Barkley could be the number one pick. Um, you know, it's not as easy as it's been in the past. Even Derrick Henry, you know, he – that last year he rushed for 2,000 yards, and, you know, I think he's going to still have the bulk of the carries. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with either of those. I think Henry is probably a safer pick because he has, he's not injured, you know, and – he gets hot in the second half of the season, which is great for fantasy because, you know, if everyone, if you start off slow, you're 0-4, 0-5, you can still win a bunch of games because a bunch of guys or, you know, or women too, you know, the bunch of people who are managing their fantasy teams, there's going to be a lot of injuries. And, you know, people, you know, if you're in a new league or, the, you know, where people aren't really paying attention or aren't as invested as they should be or or whatever, they just give up. You know, sometimes people don't even set their lineup. So you could easily get hot and, and, and win a, uh, like five, six games in a row and then right be right back in the middle of everything. Um, so, you know, I would take Derrick Henry number one uh, just because he doesn't get injured, gets a lot of carries, and he gets better in the second half of the season. Um, and then after that, you know, you could go McCaffrey. He's a great, you know, receiver out of the backfield. Um, and Derrick Henry not so much, so that's kind of a downside. Um, Saquon, he could catch out of the backfield. Um, Alvin Kamara, which I, who I mentioned earlier, I think he's going to have a big year because I think Sean Payton's going to have to get really creative, uh, with Jameis or, um, what's the other dude's name? Um, what's his name? Uh, Taysom Hill. He's going to have to get creative with them, especially because there's no Michael Thomas for the first few weeks and they don't really have a lot of wide receivers. I don't even know who their tight end is. And Alan Kamara was already like a threat, um, you know, to catch the ball out of the backfield. He had he had way more receptions, I think, than carries probably. Um, so he's dual threat for sure. Um, I think he's gonna have a big year, top five running back this season for sure. Um, one running back I'm kind of worried about is Zeke Elliott. You know, he he just seems like he's kind of plateaued. He hasn't you know really shown that he can still replicate his early uh, seasons with uh, with Dallas. But I think this all hinges on Dak Prescott's health. I haven't heard any updates, or I haven't really been watching um, whatever that fucking show is on HBO, um, that training camp show. How come? Oh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, I haven't been watching it at all. But I know that uh, Dak got a second MRI on his shoulder. He was having some issues there. Uh, but if it's serious and he's out for a while then I would not take Zeke Elliott because then he's going to have a rough year because they're just going to be relying on him a lot and, um, you know, they're going to load the box and I just don't think it's going to be good for him. But if Dak is in there, you know, then I'd feel comfortable taking Zeke Elliott after all those other guys, you know, maybe second, third round or third or fourth round. I'd feel comfortable with that. Um, Austin Eckler, he got injured last year, but he's – He's good. He's he's a good running back. I like him a lot because he, he's he's small. He's shifty. You know, he catches a lot out of the backfield. They 
call a lot of plays for him. You know, um, he's more of a receiver than a runner, though. Uh, but, you know, fantasy-wise, he, he produces at a high level. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think Nick Chubb is probably top three running back um, in the league. Um, doesn't get talked about a lot, maybe because he's in Cleveland and he's a quiet guy, not too flashy. But, man, that dude can run. You know, he's a, he's very similar to um, Derrick Henry. You know, they're both strong, powerful running backs. Um, I think I think he's a little more shifty than uh, Derrick Henry. But Nick Chubb, like, yeah, if you get him, if you have a chance to get him in the first round, like late in the first round, then, you know, jump on that. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, too. You know, I'm just worried about Aaron Jones' injury history. Um, and then other running backs to target. You know, I don't really like doing um, rookies in general, but I think Najee Harris is going to have a good year uh, with Pittsburgh. Maybe not over 1,000 yards, but I think he'll get he'll get a lot of carries. They're going to give him a chance. Um, you know, he was replacing um, – James Conner, who was signed by the Cardinals. Man, he was bad last year, too. So I think, you know, um, he has a lot of opportunity with the Steelers. Najee Harris does. Um, and I, I think they're going to give him a chance, too. Um, and then other guys, you know, you can take a, a chance on Raheem Mozart from 49ers. You know, he was injured a lot over the last couple of years. He's been injured. But when he's healthy, which he's healthy right now, you know, he's been great for the 49ers. You know, he he's a guy that'll probably be available, you know, by the time the eighth round comes by. You know, you can get you can get him as like your third, fourth running back, which would be great. You know, you'd have a lot of depth if you were able to do that. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys. You, you could even get Mike Davis. You know, he's with the Falcons now. He... He filled in perfectly for McCaffrey last year in Carolina. Um, I actually had a, I traded for him last year in one of my leagues because my running backs were injured, and uh, he kept me afloat there for a few weeks. Um, and you know, I had a bad year, so you know, maybe don't listen to me on this on this episode. Um, yeah, I wouldn't take Connor in Arizona, you know, because they have other guys. They have uh, Chase Edmonds still there, um, you know, and I I don't really know. As far as their offense goes, like I wouldn't take uh, Kyler Murray. You know, it seems like people figured him out, and um, I wouldn't take a chance on him for this year just to see how they respond. Um, David Montgomery, I've been drafting him. I think I've had him for a couple years now, and uh, he's frustrating because he he rushes. He gets like twenty two carries, and his average is like two point four yards a carry. He he rushes. He's pounding through the the defensive line. You know he's breaking tackles and stuff. And then, you know, then they they do the measurement and it's second and eight. You know he he ha- he has to get a lot of carries to to get over a hundred yards. He rarely goes over hundred yards. Um, he'll occasionally get a touchdown. So most of the time, his stat line he ends up with like eighty six yards. Like twenty five carries, eighty six yards, no touchdowns. So he only, and he doesn't. He's not a receiver out of the backfield. So if that was his stat line, he would only get eight point six points. And then if he just, he just needs that touchdown, and then he'll get into double figures, get fourteen, fifteen points. But he never gets that touchdown when he's at the eighty yard mark, which 
which is terrible. Because if you have a running back who's only getting 80, 90 yards, you want them to at least get a touchdown and at least get, you know, a couple receptions in a PPR league. You know, get them get that extra one, two points. You know, maybe they get, they have 20 yards receiving. Then, you know, <clears throat> jump that uh, that score up to 11, 12 points. But he just doesn't do that that often. You know, I will say the last few weeks of the season last year, he was getting double digits in every game, you know, consecutively. So um, another guy, Josh Jacobs, he should be ranked higher. He is ranked 20th as the 20th best uh, running back. He's after David Montgomery, actually. Montgomery's ranked 15th, but I would probably switch that. Um, some other guys you can you can take deep in the draft would be... Um, let's see. I like Philip Lindsay. He's in Houston now. Um, and Houston's going to have like no offense whatsoever. Um, I still don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play Melvin Gordon with Detroit since Philip Lindsay is gone. Um, you can take him too. I think he'll have a good year. They got to figure out their quarterback situation, but you can probably get him in the sixth round, you know, which is a good value for him uh you don't want to take him higher than that because then it feels like you're reaching and he gets injured a lot something's always happening with him uh, but sometimes he'll, he'll have a big game you know he'll have a couple of touchdowns here and there um and then let's see who else um i wouldn't take any of the new england running backs um you know belichick he usually sometimes he'll use them a lot in one game and they'll they'll have an amazing game and the next game you know they don't play at all or they'll have like two carries or one reception it's just too inconsistent. Um, you can take uh, Leonard Fournette. He seems a little rejuvenated there in Tampa with uh, with Tom Brady. Um, but then he's also sharing the backfield with uh, Ronald Jones. But I think uh, he's probably the first string Fournette is. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of running backs you could take. They're, it's pretty deep uh, position-wise. And then moving on to the running backs, or not running backs, receivers. And now the receivers, they have ranked... They have Devontae Adams ranked number one, um, and then which you know I don't have a problem with that. I would take uh, I'm more of a DeAndre Hopkins guy. Um, you know he, I think I had him last year. He was my first receiver I took, um, but yeah that's a good pick. Uh, Stephon Diggs had a really big uh, big year last year. I remember a lot of people were taking him like fourth, fifth round on average, I think. But now you can you can go second, third round right there. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think he's going to have a, a bigger year now that Julio Jones is gone. Um, so actually, yeah, Calvin Ridley, I think he's going to have he's going to be a top five receiver this year, stats wise. Um, so I would go, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, big year. Um, even with the addition of uh, AJ Green and uh, Larry Fitzgerald still there, um, you know AJ Brown. You know he always has a good year. He kind of flies under the radar, maybe because it's just Tennessee. But you can get him in the fourth round easily. I think I've had him. I think I've had him every year since he got drafted uh, by the Titans, and and he's been good for me. Um, and let's see who else. DK Metcalf. He gets a lot of targets in Seattle. Him and Russell Wilson seem to have a good relationship there. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill is always good. Um, <clears throat> and then as far as, you know, deeper, like some sleepers here, some guys you could get later in the draft. You could get Michael Pittman Jr. Um, in Indiana. He was a rookie last year out of USC. 
he came on late in the season, you know, had had some touchdowns and had some had some good games there for me. Um, he's ranked below four other uh, Colts receivers, but um, Philip Rivers really liked him a lot, so we'll have to see as far as um, Carson Wentz goes, see if they are able to develop a, a chemistry there. But, yeah, you can definitely get Pittman, probably pick him up off the waiver wire or, like, one of your last picks in the draft because, you know, I, I I think he'll definitely be available there. Um, another one here would be Curtis Samuel. He's ranked 42nd. You could get him late in the draft from Washington. Um, Debo Samuel, he's always injured, but, you know, I think the 49ers are going to be good this year. The one I'd rather have in, in San Francisco if you're looking for a receiver there is Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, they do a Him and Debo have, have similar – um, plays called for him. Um, but, you know, they've both have had a lot of injury issues um, in their young careers there. Um, Kenny Galladay, he was, he's the, the receiver I was talking about with the Giants. Um, he was with Detroit last year in the last few years, and he's a good receiver. And I think uh, Daniel Jones, uh, quarterback with the Giants, will – We'll definitely look for him a lot. Um, as I said before, I think the Giants have a have a chance to have a good uh, good offense stats wise this this season. I don't know how they're going to do when it comes later in the season. Um, Jamar Chase from Cincinnati, him and Joe Burrow, former teammates. You know that's a good pick too. Um, you know some rookie receivers do flop. You know, because it's harder for a receiver to, to translate into the NFL because it's a lot faster and stuff. But um, I think Chase will be fine. You know, you could probably get Odell Beckham Jr. late in the draft because, you know, he was injured last year and he's kind of fallen off since his arrival there in Cleveland. Um, who else? Uh, Jerry Judy, probably get him in the ninth round. I think he's going to improve a lot from last season. Um, and then as far as defense goes, um, you could go 49ers. Um, they're, they're going to be like a later pick, I think when it comes to defense, cause they had a lot of injuries, but now they're healthy and they, they have a good defensive line. They have good linebackers and, you know, they're all around good defense. Uh, Buccaneers are up there. The Ravens, uh, the bills are probably uh, either one or two right there. Uh, the Rams, they have. You know, they have two of the best defensive players that we've seen in a while. Um, the Colts will have good defense. So, you know, there, there's a handful of teams right there as far as uh, defense goes that you can you can pick and, and feel safe with. But I always just get one de defense, you know, and then, like, later in the year when it's their bye week, I get one with a late bye week. Like, I try to go week 12 and up. Because then if uh, you need to make a switch or something, you could either drop them or – drop another player who's injured or whatever and just make room for another defense. Uh, kicker, I always go. Just one kicker. Um, yeah, I don't just, I guess, get whatever kicker, you know, is with a team that scores a lot, high scoring, because they're going to get a lot of extra points. Um, you know, a lot of things like that. Um, but make sure your last pick in the draft is a kicker because it, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But then sometimes it does because when – your kicker's really good, and they score 15 to 20 points one week, that can make a difference, you know. So, um, but yeah, that should be your last one. And defense should be at the end, too. Defense and, and kickers should be, like, one like your last three picks. Because I can't stand when someone's taking a defense really early, 
like in like the eighth round or seventh round. It's just like, what are you doing? Just do those two at the end. Load up on running backs and receivers. You should only have one or two quarterbacks. Uh, you should probably have two tight ends just in case one's not producing. But depending on what your roster limits are, you should get you know four, four and five of either running backs or wide receivers because that's where everything is. That's where most of your scoring is going to come from, especially if you get you know top tier for each position. Like you're you're gonna win your league if you get the best running back and the best uh, wide receiver, you're you're probably gonna win your league. Switching gears here, wanted to talk about some uh, futures and MLB odds uh, for betting. Now the National League MVP award, like that race, is it's wide open right now. I think um, Tatis Jr. He was out for a while. He came back. He's playing a different position. You know, he's hot again. But now the Padres are, you know, they're struggling right now. And they're like a game and a half away from losing uh, their spot in the second wild card. So, you know, Cincinnati might pass them. Uh, then you have Bryce Harper is the second favorite at, at plus 475. And I I don't know, him, him and Brandon Crawford – of the Giants have very similar numbers. Um, I think, uh, you know, Max Muncy is there too. Trey Turner with the Dodgers. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Nick Gassianos, uh Vado. A lot of these are for teams that have been, you know, disappointing. You know, the, the Dodgers have the second best record. But, you know, if you want to make a bet here and, you know, have a, a high return, you know, Buster Posey is plus 9,000. And, you know, on Bovada, he was plus 10,000. But the max bet you can make was $10. So I put I put the max bet on there. It didn't allow any more than that. Um, so I could win 1,000 off of that. Uh, but my reason for that, and then I also put money on Brandon Crawford on another site. He's at plus 7,000. I put like, um, I think I just put $20 on him. So if he wins, I think it's I win like two thousand dollars, or no, not two thousand dollars. Let me do the math here. Um, I win fourteen hundred dollars. So like I don't have to risk like twenty dollars is nothing. So you know, and I'll take that fourteen hundred dollar win right there easy. But plus seven thousand and plus ten thousand for Buster Posey. You know, I feel like in the National League it's gonna shift a little bit. You know, I think voters are going to look at, okay, well, you know, none of these players have actually played the entire season except, um, you know, Crawford has played a lot. He plays every day. He's leading, you know, the best team in the in the league with record-wise. He's leading them in RBIs, home runs, and batting average. He's getting up in the 300s. So if he gets hot later in the season and he gets, like, let's say 80, 90 RBIs and hits 25, to 30 home runs he's at i think he's at 20 right now so if he gets right there maybe 28 home runs and if he gets his batting average up to 320 i think brandon crawford could win the mvp and that sounds crazy but if he won the mvp you know i you could just you could put down 20 bucks win 1400 dollars. that's a that's a good bet that's a worthwhile bet i think let's see if you put 50 dollars down on a plus 7,000 odds you win $3,500. Like, that's not that much of a risk. Like, I would take that. 
Um, the reason why I think Buster Posey probably won't win that, he doesn't play every day. He takes, you know, they give him like two days off and then he'll play back on. Um, you know, he, he does, ha- he is hitting for average. I think he was like, he was like low 300s last time, about 15 home runs, 40 RBIs. Um, so if he gets hot late in the season, I think he can, and you know, he kind of takes the lead stats wise for the team. I think he can definitely win, um, get some MVP consideration for sure. And he's a bigger name than Crawford. He's won in the past. He's kind of like the franchise face for the giants. Um, but if you want to put some money there, I would go Crawford just because he's leading in every category for the Giants. And the Giants have the best record, and he plays every day, and he's just found his groove. And if the Giants, you know, they, they go far, um, you know, and, and they make um, they just blow people out in September, and Crawford gets up there, I think he can win MVP, and, you know, that's an easy bet. You know, plus 7,000. I really like those odds, especially with the injuries and and the failures of these other teams who have been underperforming. Honestly, um, you know he can sneak in there, and he's definitely gonna get some consideration. So, um, I think those are a couple smart bets, just because the odds are so great, and you don't have to put that much to win over a thousand dollars. So, um, keep an eye out for that. Um, as far as uh, football futures go, you know here are the odds for uh, MVP. Patrick Mahomes is plus 600, so he has the best odds to win the MVP. Aaron Rodgers, plus 1,100. Uh, Josh Allen is plus 1,400. Tom Brady, 1,400. Dak Prescott, 1,600. I want some some really high odds here. Let's see. Um, See, right here, Matthew Stafford, he's plus 2,000. So... Let's see what that would be. If you put plus 2,000. So, yeah, you put $50 down for uh, Matthew Stafford to win the MVP, you could win $1,000 because he's, he's at plus plus 2,000 odds. And, I mean, I think I think that's a good bet right there. Let's see. You put $100 down, you get you get two grand. Another one I like. Dark Horse, uh, Justin Herbert, his odds are plus 2,200. So you put down, so you put down $50, you're going to win $1,100. You know, he has, he has a potential to have a, have a big year. They would have to finish, Chargers would have to finish like 13 and, I guess for 17 games now. So 13 and four, 14 and three, something like that. Have to have 5,000 yards. It'd have to be just a powerhouse um for that to happen another one i like this is a a deep one um let's see where was it at i think i just missed it so derrick henry is at plus five thousand to win the mvp you put fifty dollars down that's twenty five hundred dollars right there now derrick henry if he gets another season where he has to rush for over two thousand yards you know, gets 20 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns, something crazy. You know, they do rely on him a lot, and he did get 2,000 last year. And if they win, I mean, I feel like for MVP, you have to win 13, 14 games at least, maybe 12 if uh, if it's like a down year for everyone else. But if they puts that together, you know, you could have a, a big payout there. See, I'm only looking for bets where I don't have to put that much money down, and, you know, the 
it doesn't have the best odds. It's you know kind of in the middle somewhere. But if I hit on some of those, then you're gonna you're gonna get a big return. So that that's usually what I lo- what I look for as far as um, if I'm gonna make a bet, I just I want to get a big return off nothing. You know that's like the dream right there. And then this next bet, this is uh, Super Bowl odds. Just to put it in perspective, this is what. <laughs> The odds are for the Texans who are last, they're plus thirty thousand. So if you put fifty dollars for the uh, the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl next year, you would win fifteen thousand dollars. But uh, since the whole thing with Deshaun Watson, they they know for a fact that he's not playing. So yeah, they're at plus thirty thousand. Um, some interesting ones though. Uh, the Chargers are at plus three thousand. The Cowboys are at plus 3,000. Actually, you know what's interesting? The Steelers at plus 5,000. You know, I didn't think they were going to do anything last year when they were 11-0, but, you know, you still have Big Ben there, played good uh, for a while there, and, you know, they had a good start, but, you know, just faltered after a while. Um, So plus 5,000, you put $50 down, you get $2,500. Um... I don't feel super good about that bet, but those those are good odds. You know, you could get a big return there. Uh, the Dolphins are at plus four thousand. I don't. I think I trust Big Ben more than I trust Tua at this point. Colts at thirty five hundred. Uh, let's see, the Seahawks at twenty five hundred. So just put perspective. If you for twenty five hundred uh, for the the Seahawks, you put down fifty dollars, you're winning twenty. Uh, twelve hundred dollars and then let's see who has the best odds the chiefs are plus 450 buccaneers plus 700 the bills are plus 1100 the rams 1200 ravens 1400 and then um same with the packers and the 49ers so if you bet on the 49ers to win bet fifty dollars at uh plus 1400 odds you're gonna win seven hundred dollars so if you want to get double digits, just double that up, and you could win fourteen hundred dollars off a seven, off a hundred dollar bet. Um, and then if you do seventy two dollars, you could win a thousand dollars, a thousand and eight dollars. So um, I think this, I think the Forty ers are going to win the Super Bowl. So, so, but you know, I I wish the odds were like plus 3,000 or something. I bet on the Giants to win the World Series about four months ago, I want to say. Four or five months ago. I think it was like early May. Um, I put down like $65, and their odds were plus either 3,000 or 3,300. I don't know. I think I'm going to win. It was going to be like $2,100, but Oregon, they have a tax like over a certain amount, um, so they're going to take like $180 $180 or something. So um, I'll end up with like under 2000 But I feel good about that bet so far. They have the best record. And then I think I'm going to cash in on one of those MVP um, bets. I think I'm going to put I think I'll put 50 on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. But see, that's, that's nothing. And then you get high odds. So thank you for listening for this week. I hope uh, if you are in a fantasy football league, first time or coming back, you know, you're in the same league for a while or a work one where you win a gift card. I hope you guys win. Good luck on your drafts. Um, hope you take some of the the betting advice. Look at some of the uh, the uh, long shot bets 
or you could win some good money there. And then if you parlay, that's a whole different, whole different gamble. You know, you could do like a parlay the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game. The odds would probably be like, I don't know, like plus eight thousand, ten thousand, or something crazy. So if you don't put that much on, you you know, your odds would be, um, you could get a big payout there. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what we talk about. Uh, break down some whatever off-season sports moves there are. Uh, there's some. There's a few trades. Uh, I think Eric Bledsoe got traded to the Clippers. He's back with the Clippers. The Clippers made a desperate move there. Got rid of Rondo and um, Patrick Beverly. They traded Patrick Beverly, who got traded again. He's now with the Timberwolves. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, the Clippers are trying to find a way to find some scoring while uh, Kawhi is out. Is it while he's injured for the the whole year? But Kawhi Leonard did re-sign with the Clippers, uh, four year max deal. Uh, Joel Embiid signed a max extension with the Sixers. Um, Tim Tebow got cut today after his uh, after one preseason game. There was a f- couple viral clips of uh tim tebow throwing the shittiest blocks ever just folding over like a a crappy lawn chair um what else is the news right now i think that's all i got right now off the top of my head uh but yeah we'll be back uh, next week so thanks for listening